Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Get select Ernie Ball strings, three for ten. Save $100 on a Fender Special Edition Strat, or get a Yamaha acoustic for just $199. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in store now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome into Locked on Mavs for Tuesday, January 17th, episode number 70. I do apologize for our tardiness on this Tuesday. Actually, no, I don't. We do this for free. <laughs> you enjoy it whenever, you enjoy it whenever we put it out. <laughs> Them's the rules. Uh, I'm Mike, he's Jake, um, and we're brought to you by SeatGeek, uh, the SeatGeek app in particular. If you go ahead and download that thing and put it on your phone, I'd greatly appreciate it. Um, because what they've done is they've taken a real uh, pain in the butt process and made it pretty simple for you so that you don't spend uh, you know an hour surfing the internet trying to find the best deals. They go get them and they put them in front of you. Uh, like if you want to go see maybe U2 uh, on May 26th, maybe Tom Petty April 22nd, uh, maybe Justin Bieber July 29th, and I'm sure there's other things out there if you're not a 15-year-old female or a middle-aged white male, but... Hey. <laughs> Maybe go to a Mavericks game. Let's go to a Mavericks game. How about that? They'll grade the uh, they'll grade the tickets for you as well. A green dot will be good value. Uh, a red dot will be bad. Standard traffic light rules apply. Uh, but what you care about is saving a little bit of money. And the way you do that is you download that SeatGeek app. Bottom right corner will be the Me tab, which is the Settings or the Account tab. Click on that. Middle of the page, it'll say Enter Promo Code. Guess what? You're going to enter a promo code to save yourself some money. And that promo code will be LOMAVS, as in Locked on Mavs. $20 off the top of your first purchase via the SeatGeek app. And there you go. You're out to the event you want to be at, and uh, you saved a little bit of money. Uh, I'm Mike. As I said, he is Jacob. Uh, You can follow me at Machine Sports. You can follow him at not Jack Kemp, and you can follow the show at Locked On Mavs. Uh, if you're interested in that, there's a uh, there's a Locked On Cowboys out there as well, which I assume today and yesterday is much like uh, the event Horizon, um, where everyone's lost their minds and people have ripped their own eyeballs out of their heads. But uh, we'll see, we'll see how they rally. <laughs> it's real, uh, real boot and rally time for that Dallas Cowboys podcast. Jacob, how was your weekend, pal? It's all right, man. You know. Uh, got to see a decent bit of the Mavs game before we had to go full-on Cowboy pregame. It's polite um, of them to move their games for the Cowboys. Yeah, it's I wonder very... how that would have all gone if it would have been a year where they were better. Yeah, I thought thought about that too. <laughs> like if, it I was was like... A, if they were fifth in the West right now, and it's DeAndre Jordan and Chandler Parsons and Harrison Barnes and right. fun times, I don't know if they'd be, I don't know if they would have been as willing to do it, but... Maybe maybe so. Or if uh, Cuban in general just hasn't taken as many L's this year. 
uh, between the refs and between, uh, you know, other stuff that he does. Um, he might have been like, nah, whatever. Y'all do whatever. People are still going to watch and show up. But, uh, yeah, they moved the game, so we got to see a lot of it uh, because it was early Sunday. And they did get a win. They beat the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, who uh, still have a lot of sorry left in them. Um, remember when I was uh, shouting down everyone predicting them for, like, 45 wins this year? Yeah, I'm here. I'm still here. I'm still that guy that's going to laugh at you. Wait, you're talking about the Mavs? No, the uh, Timberwolves. Okay, sorry. I got confused there for a second. I definitely took their over. I don't recall what their over was, but I, I had them close to 50. I can bring that up pretty quickly, actually. I'm Let's positive see. I had them close to 50. Uh, their over-under was 41-5. No, you know what? It was Utah that I yeah, went Utah way you too went. hard on. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be fine. They're going to. The Timberwolves, I put, I put it 40. Yeah, T-Wolves, uh, 41-5 was their over-under. I said, I think I went with 29 wins. <laughs> so I went, I guess on that one I went under, but I didn't go under by n- enough. Right. Um, so what that win does is it uh, it moves your, your 538 projections, which is, I guess, what we're going to trust now um, in these weird times, um, to 30 and 52. So 30 wins, 52 losses on the year. Um, for the sixth worst record in basketball. Um, and it puts you three and three on this little, uh, this little stretch in January that we assumed would, um, would be a real problem for us. <laughs> We'd be fighting a lot of feelings, uh, cause we thought they'd probably go a couple games over 500, uh, in that, uh, you know, 21 day stretch. But if they go directly 500, I think I'm okay with it, um, considering losses to Minnesota and Phoenix um, in there. one of the So all of the rest of this podcast is about one topic, and they're all kind of loose ideas that I didn't realize were all about the same position uh, until I started kind of putting the run sheet together today. And one of them that started this whole thing, I think it was last Friday or last Saturday, um, is the new mock draft that got put out by Draft Express, which I think is everybody's probably go-to um, outlet for draft information now because Pat Forty will change his draft rankings after the draft is done on you. Yikes. So, So I'm going to stick with Draft Express if that's all right. Those guys put in the hours. They actually put turn videos into uh, into easily consumable stuff so you can sound kind of intelligent. even you've, You don't know what's going on with the player in the draft. But what happened in the uh, the newest one is I think every Mavericks fan were fans worst nightmare, which is these three elite point guards being Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball, and Dennis Smith. They all three settled at the top of the draft and one, two, three to Boston, Miami, and Phoenix, respectively. And then your Dallas Mavericks slide in there at four with the fourth overall pick and the next best. Uh, available player is Josh Jackson of Kansas who slides in at the four pick and granted they tell you at the top of all these mock drafts team needs are not taken into account Um, they're pretty blatant about that but I mean I kind of feared that these three point guards were going to settle up there and talking to some of my uh, my peeps over at Fox Southwest um, that I work with pretty often guys that played in the league and guys that coached in the league um They've thought for a little while that having a rookie point guard, basically a rookie starting point guard, um, on the Dallas Mavericks under the Rick Carlisle regime would not exactly be a great idea. Um, And I 
don't have enough ammo to fight them on that. We've we've talked at length before about really wanting to see what a group of young, talented, um, high draft picks would look like under Rick in about five years. I don't know if we took into account what year one, two, three would look like, but uh, here we I are. Mean, I definitely – the only reason I would say that I did is that I thought a lot about that being the first piece that you needed. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be an area where he is particularly uh, cantankerous and not really all that interested in patience. I mean, he fought with Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. So, the I mean, if they already had a point guard, like let's say Harrison Barnes was a point guard, a player of that quality that – somehow landed in their lap. He'd already been in the league for three or four years on a well-coached team. He was signed up for four or five years. I would have, I would feel way better about this. Yeah. Like if they were trying to fill in wings and a big, as opposed to trying to find the point guard, because I just, I've always had a hard time wrapping my head around the idea that Rick is going to be patient with a 19 or 20 year old point guard. That's having to play like 30 minutes a night. And that guy needs to play right away. Yeah, yeah, he and does. I, I don't think they're gonna let it. I don't think he would let him play through mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, now he hasn't really had a talent anything close to that in his time. You know, it's you can't yeah. just look at the fact that they've always uh, they they don't play. Um, you know, Justin Anderson or or Jay Crowder and extrapolate that to they wouldn't play Markel Fultz. Yeah, I feel like it it's needs a little to be different. weighted by like career PER or something like that or expected yeah. career PER because yeah, I don't know how many coaches would have played those guys. You know what I mean? Right. But I do I do agree with your first point which is um just that I can see this happening of for some reason one of these point guards falls to the Mavs at 4, just say that. And he's on the roster and um he's having a tough time in the first month of the season figuring out exactly how to run a pick and pop with Dirk because it is people have struggled with that some some people extremely excel at it um and the Mavs have been a destination for combo guards that can do that one thing for a long time but I can see in a second quarter of a game on a random Tuesday night when this point guard didn't get Dirk the ball in the spot that he wanted and Rick just barks out and JJ Brea runs his ass on the court and now your your you know fourth overall pick is sitting over there on the bench because JJ Brea runs a better pick and pop with Dirk. Um I think that's a very real thing that could happen. <laughs> yeah, so I think all along we were kind of just trying to th- my hope was this. My hope was the Mavericks would would draft second mm-hmm. or third so that the best player available would also be a point guard. Yeah, exactly. And I thought, look, if you want to just shoot yourself in the foot and draft a guy who's actually fifth on your board because he's a wing, you know, that I, I disagree with that, but mm-hmm. that's at least, I don't know. In this situation, it's taken out of their hands. Right. And that's probably what's going to happen, and they're probably going to end up drafting a guy, a wing, a guy yep. who can play the two, the three, I think you. I, I don't. I like Jackson a, a lot as a player. I think he's. You know, he might. Sometimes I wonder if whenever people say that the three point guards are the best in the draft, if it's not necessarily that they're doing it because of team need, but they're doing it because the position is so important and there aren't really like everyone needs one to play. Yeah. Like, to, like you don't have a chance. Right. You can get away with like 
real bunk starters at like maybe a two, a three, a four, and maybe even at five at sometimes. Right. But you're not going to be a top ten team in the league with just a uh, an old regular mid-grade point guard. I mean, look, we got Kyrie, we got Lowry, we got Isaiah Thomas, we have Schroeder, who ha- isn't having a great year, but I still think that guy's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. And you have John Wall as a top five in the East. Right. And you've got Steph, you've got Parker, mm-hmm. and Patty Kawhi. Mills too. Patty Mills. Well, Kawhi, yeah. <laughs> and now you've got Eric Gordon and, uh, and James Harden, and mm-hmm. you've got CP3, and then you've got the Jazz, you know, depends on what you think of George, how much George Hill's played, whatever. And then even go down to Memphis and Oklahoma City and Portland. Right. All of those teams have borderline elite point guards. Yep. Yep. And the ones that don't have that, they're trying desperately this offseason to get a, uh, a George Hill or a Jeff Teague. And that kind of brought me around to the next idea that was rambling around in, in the brain pan after I listened to uh, the last version of uh, Dunked On, Dunked On podcast. Uh, if you don't listen to that, check that out. Um, it's basically put out through Re- Real GM or, you know, whatever. Go listen to it. Um, and they threw out the idea that, you know, um, what happens to Derrick Rose this offseason? And they pinpointed three different locations that could definitely use a Derrick Rose type player. Uh, one was Brooklyn, one was Sacramento, and one was your Dallas Mavericks in terms of teams that are going to need a starting point guard. They're going to need anything dynamic that they can get at that position. Uh, and they're going to have the money to throw a healthy contract at a player such as Derrick Rose. And that made me throw up in my mouth just a little bit, um, especially since <laughs> what happened with Derrick Rose last week um, and him still thinking he's getting a max contract at the end of this season, which is just absolutely delusional. But it did get me thinking about these free agent point guards, and I hadn't quite considered them in a while. Um, so let's go down the list really quick, if that's cool. Um, I'll tell you the guys that aren't going to be here. Steph Curry, unrestricted free agent, no. CP3 has a player option, no. Kyle Lowry has a player option, and he had some kind of awkward comments um, about his contract at the end of the season that came out today. Um but he does call Toronto home. Like, he says, this is my home. I'd love to be back here. Um, but I would figure out really quickly before free agency starts if Kyle Lowry has any interest <laughs> in being a Dallas Maverick, and I would throw him whatever money he wanted. Um, Drew Holiday is the next one that uh, fits your uh, level of need with some level of prob- probable interest. Um, what are your feelings on Drew Holiday? Uh, I, don't, I don't dislike Drew Holiday as a player. Um, but to me, that's that doesn't really blow me away. Yeah. Um, I think I've soured on him quite a bit. Like, his first couple weeks back were really good, and the Pelicans looked like they were about to, like, make a playoff run. And then, dude, like, last five to ten games have been just pretty awful, <laughs> quite he's honestly. Still, he's still pretty young, though. He is, yeah. He's young, and he's – I mean, he's athletic. He's long. Um, he does a lot of really cool things on a basketball court, but I just don't know if it's ever, like, quite there. I wonder what the market for him will be. I mean, because you're still signing, like, his age 27 through 30-year-old mm-hmm. uh, season. So, that's it. his numbers are better than I, than I would assume they would be from watching him play. Yeah. And he didn't have an injury this year. He was out yeah. take, taking care of his, his wife. But um, he is injury prone. Um then we get out into some of these names that are like really, really sticky wickets to navigate. 
um, the one we just mentioned, uh, Derek Rose, I think I'm not even making a call to his agent if he wants to go somewhere for – I don't care. I'm just out. <laughs> I think I'm out Yeah, altogether. I'm out of pretty much no matter what. Yeah, altogether, unless it's like – I don't know. If he wanted to play here for less than, um, uh, let's say, $8 million a year, under eight, uh, and you have a young point guard – um, that you draft it at fourth overall in which he's splitting minutes and he can play like off ball or something like that, um, then I'll listen. I will consider it. I'll throw it in the uh, in my brain and start grinding it. But otherwise, I'm out. And then we get into some really interesting names. Um, Jeff Teague um, is probably, um, I don't know, the most realistic like you could actually get in that room. And uh, and throw a number at that guy, but he's back home in Indiana now. He loves it there. Um, what are your feelings on Jeff Teague this offseason? Uh, I'm a fan. I think Jeff Teague is better than Drew Holiday, although he's, mm-hmm. a couple, he's a couple years older. He might not be quite the same level of shooter, but I think he's – I like I like Jeff Teague. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that he's only getting $8 million a year on this current contract, obviously a way old cap contract, but mm-hmm. – I think you yeah, could that get was him. way back when I didn't even realize this. That was way back when Milwaukee matched Atlanta in restricted free agency. Yeah, it's that's been nuts. Four, four or five years ago, four yeah. years ago. Um, which which to me, the fact that they matched that and then drafted Schroeder. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was a little bit later in the draft, so it's not like they picked him at three. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just cutting themselves uh, out out from underneath themselves. But still, they did match somebody. But still. The idea that you matched and that's what the number was is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's pretty good, dude. I, I mean, his his peripheral numbers, like his PER is almost twenty. Yeah. Um, so he's posting his second highest PER of his career right now, by far the highest assist percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they could get him at like fifteen a year, I would probably do it. Yeah, I'd be interested in that. I definitely would. Um, I wonder if he has like a little bit of um, just turn into Isaiah Thomas late in his career in him where he's not necessarily trying to run the offense every single time up and down and be a control the pace type of point guard, but just uh, keeps a little bit bottled up and then in fourth quarters just goes ham like at the basket. I wonder if he has that in him because I've seen him do that like in certain games. Yeah, like when, like when he goes into games, like he's done this to the Mavs like two or three times in his career. When he'll go in, he'll go into a game, and he'll basically say, "Whoever's on the other end of the you know court can't guard me." Yeah, you're you're not stopping me. I'm going for thirty tonight. Um, I wonder if he has that in him more consistently. Um, the next name is uh, interesting as well. Would be way more interested if he didn't keep getting hurt this year. And that's George Hill of the uh, of the Jazz. Obviously, an older guy. Um, his market is fascinating to me because uh, there's not that many teams that need starting point guards, quite honestly, uh, especially ones that are nearing 30, especially ones that are often injured. But, damn, he's really good when he plays. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really comp- – I think they're comparable players, um, mm-hmm. not necessarily in their skill sets, but in just, like, overall value. Mm-hmm. Um, George Hill can't be that much older. Eh, a year and a half. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think with him, it's more just a health thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would, 
I would be over the moon with either one of those guys. And I think yep. you probably have a better chance um, with Hill being free because they have a backlog of players that are all young and needing deals. And even if they decide to keep, uh, they'll pay whatever uh, for Hayward. And they'll mm-hmm. re-sign favors. And they'll save money for Gobert. And even if they want to go into the tax, Hill's going to be the odd man out because he'll be old. Yep. Relative to the rest of their roster, and because they drafted Dante Exum, mm-hmm. I don't. Unless he wants to take like a two-year deal, I don't think he'll be in Utah next year. I don't think so either. I think they were going to try it, and if it went perfectly, if they went like fifty-five wins, um, and he stayed healthy, and he clearly was, you know, uh, a cut above um, the other dudes at that position this year, I think they might have considered it. Uh, and just bit down really hard and had a ridiculous tax number. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they have – I don't think they feel good about it right now. Um, and the final three names on the list are Michael Carter-Williams. I'm good on that. And Brandon, yeah. Jen- Brandon Jennings, you're about three years too late. Um, and then Patty Mills – Patty Mills does interest me, but – Yeah, um, the thing with Jennings just never really bounced back, man. No, he didn't. And – uh Patty Mills interests me, but I wonder if you're just duplicating J.J. Barea um, in a lot of different ways. I do think Patty's pretty solid. He's probably going to be starting for somebody next year. He's going to get <laughs> a Della Dova like like contract where you're where you're paying him a, a decent amount of money, but not too much to where you're like, I have to start this guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something crazy. I don't know that it'll ever shake out this way because they they got started off on such different. Uh, feet in their career, but I'm not positive Patty Mills is that much better than Seth Curry. Like I think Seth Curry's like 75 percent of Patty Mills. Yeah, I'm, and I could probably buy into that. I mean, Patty's a little bit bigger, and so maybe mm. s- someone will start him. But you better have some serious, you know, wing presence around him. And that's mm. kind of how I feel about Seth too. Whenever people are like, ah, you know, he'll get hot, and people are like, this guy start, and I'm like, man. <laughs> you could you could try it, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's see, let's see how that goes. Um, yeah, he's he's gonna start tonight, I believe, against the Bulls. But I don't know. I just thought the the point guard situation now that they're out of those top three picks, and now that all three of those dudes, um, those three elite point guards, are kind of settling in as the top three players um, in the draft. It just really kind of put me in, hit me with a dose of reality that one of these three guys probably aren't going to be here. Um, and Phoenix is at three right now. I wouldn't necessarily guarantee you that they're taking a point guard um, at three if they get the third overall pick. I, Josh Jackson or Jason Tatum might slide in there. I mean, um, you could say that really about – that is one That's that is one interesting thing about the way that the uh, the order breaks down is – I mean, I guess the Celtics could take a point guard. I mean, they could probably move Thomas off the ball. Right. But they still – they don't – what they what they need is a big. They do. Desperately. Like a, a big that can stay on the floor. So, I mean, when you've got Marcus Smart, Avery Bradley – I know they don't really play those guys at the point too much. They're off the ball. But I don't know, man. They – I would be – it feels to me like Lonzo Ball is, like, kind of redundant there. Mm-hmm. And I guess yeah. you could probably say that about any of those – any of the three or four point guards. And then 
Philadelphia, I seriously doubt that they're going to take a point guard if they have that pick at three. Right. And if they, which I, by the way, I don't think they will. Mm-hmm. I think LA is probably going to end up. But even then, like all these teams have guys that they would be, if they draft a point guard, whether it's Philadelphia, whether it's LA or Phoenix, they're going to be, you know, stunning yeah, they, someone else's growth. Yeah, the only one that's like you just nod and go, okay, I can see them taking anything is probably the Heat. Yes, um, especially since I think they'll probably have moved Dragic by then. Yeah, exactly. I think Philadelphia just sits there and whatever one of those wings or Malik Monk uh, is is there for him. I think they go, yeah, on that. And I'm not against moving up in the draft. <laughs> if you like one of these point guards substantially more, then you like uh, a Josh Jackson or a Jason Tatum, and you think Dennis Smith is your guy and you need to move up three picks, hey, go get your man because you're not going to be this high uh, top five pick most likely um, next year. You're probably going to have like a top ten. So go get your guy. This is the draft to do it too. Um, but there you go. There's some point guard thoughts. So in that scenario, if you brought back Dirk at like $15 million, you'd probably have – Let's say you spend fifteen on George Teague, George mm-hmm. Teague, Jeff Teague, or George Hill, and uh, <laughs> I'll take you George pro- Teague too. <laughs> you've got like you probably have like nine or ten million dollars left to yeah. uh, to check out the big man market. So tomorrow maybe we can look at some of those options, and I will pose the question to you, Mike. Oh no! Would you give up your second round pick, thirty fourth overall, for Dwight Howard? <laughs> of course, why wouldn't I? Well, because that contract is terrible, but it's pretty short. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think Three years? I th- uh he's got two and a half years left, yeah. Okay. But it's like $30 million a year. Yeah, that's And I uh let's see. It's not as bad as I thought actually. It's 24, 20, 20 23, 25 and 24. Man, that, I mean that starts you start depending on I mean, just as is, second-round pick for Dwight Howard right now, I mean, you'd, like, be probably an idiot to say no, right? I well, mean, am I wrong? I know that he's better than Kyle Korver, but <laughs> Kyle, Cor- Kyle Korver just got a late first, uh-huh. and he makes, like, half the, half the amount of money. Right. So my point is just I think that they're going to have to seriously look at moving Howard. Yeah, I'm sure once they they've are. Once they've moved – Corver and they've moved Millsap. Mm-hmm. You're talking about Corver got you a late first, making five million dollars a year. Good so God. a guy, a guy who makes five times that amount, mm-hmm. they're not going to find just a ton of partners to dance with. Yeah. They'll be moving him solely so that they can get rid of his salary mm-hmm. and wave whoever comes back. Like yeah, they're not getting, they're not getting a high first round pick for Dwight Howard. Yeah, no, his value starts like sliding off the table because of his contract. Like, and how many teams that can actually take that on and how many teams are fine with that number. That's um, what and, I'm saying. And in basketball, there's no, like, hey, why don't you pay half the salary, like in baseball or something like that. Right. <laughs> um, that's very interesting. Um, I mean, I guess I'd have to because getting out of this hole is uh, – I don't think they're very uh, equipped to do it, and I think that would help quite a bit. The only reason uh, I bring it up God, is what a what a tough decision. It, yeah, it would be tough, and I don't think that they'll do it. But the only reason I bring this up is quietly he is he is freaking balling. Yeah, no, he's having a really good year. <laughs> like he's 
every time I like will fly by one of their condensed games, I'm like, dude, he's posting the highest PER he's had since his last year in Atlanta. Or excuse mm-hmm. me, in, Orla- in, in Orlando. Mm-hmm. When he was 26. That's nuts. There's also rumors about, uh, I saw like just a second ago, about Ricky Rubio, that the Timberwolves are shopping Ricky Rubio with Shabazz Muhammad for something that Yahoo calls a bridge guard in return, a player capable of starting in the short term. So, hey, yeah. Bray's Darren been Will- there. <laughs> Brea, Darren Williams, what do you want? Yeah, the problem is I think Darren would waive that. But I Probably. would do that. I would do Darren Williams for Ricky Rubio yesterday, and I don't even really like Dar- uh, Ricky Rubio all that much. I don't either. But maybe you find something that works here, just some kind of weird combination of lineups um, with that our super defensive uh, – above average defense along the along the perimeter and also but, what what do you have on the that contract that's only right. a couple that's only like a year and a half more right yeah he's not long for that thing i think he's free next off season um i can look looks it up like really quick. 18 you'd have to pay him next year and then the year after that oh wow but, I didn't but it's it not a bad long. number though eight 14 million on that's this fine. cap average you know. starter is 15 yeah an average starter is 15 um if you just break it down by, you know, simple mathematics. So. Not into the idea of having a point guard that can't score at all, but I do think he's, you know, I think he's he's worth that, especially since people forget his last year would be he'd, he'd be 27. Ricky Rubio's 25, 26. That's stupid. What a little boy. <laughs> yeah, I Ricky mean, Rubio you, is like the same age as Seth Curry. I mean, Ricky Rubio is a very incomplete player, obviously. Uh, you mentioned his greatest downfall, which is like, not getting the basket and scoring like consistently, but if you have like Berea and Seth Curry, um, backing him up, two dudes that all they want to do is make ball go in basket, like I might be able to live with that. Yeah, but I don't know. We can talk about it tomorrow. Uh, watch the uh, game tonight against the Bulls in Chicago, 7 p.m. Fox Southwest. Thank you for listening, Jacob. Thank you for that. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.